Stereotypes have fallen on hard times these days. Some would say that all stereotypes are wrong because characteristics observed from one group do not always apply to every individual. So they claim then that stereotypes are harmful because they mischaracterize individuals. In other words, they would say general rules are invalidated by exceptions. Let me give you an example of this. There's a tweet thread here by Meg Wise, and notice the way that she's approaching this topic. There's something that is generally true, and then she will say, well, it's not true because here's an exception that disproves the rule. This is irrational thinking. Meg Wise is claiming that exceptions disprove the rule. That's nonsense. Exceptions prove the rule. Now, she gets away with it here because she's opposing sexual stereotypes, which are thought to be the most sinister kind. God forbid we acknowledge any differences between men and women. I mean, seriously, does anybody think this way about anything else? Well, let me give you an example. We say human beings have two legs. Well, that's a stereotype, right? Well, you might say, well, that's not true. I know somebody that only has one leg. You see how this works? If somebody wants to deny an obvious reality as normative, then they can categorically reject it by pointing out some exception to that observation. So what Wise wants to do is to deny the general fact that men are taller, stronger, they're better leaders, they are better providers, they're less emotional. Feminists hate this reality and they try to recruit others to their cause through this kind of uh, linguistic sophistry. It's a verbal sleight of hand. So here's how stereotyping works and why it's good. Stereotyping is pattern recognition. That's how they work. And stereotypes are crucial if we want to live wisely in the world that God made. So what we might call stereotyping is simply recognizing patterns. Wisdom is the art of observing typical patterns. We categorize them and draw general conclusions from them. And it's necessary to do this, to engage in any kind of rational thought. Stereotypes always have exceptions because they are, by definition, general truths. Whenever a truth never has an exception, then it's just simply a fact. It's not a stereotype. Facts never have exceptions, but stereotypes always do. A society that chooses to not recognize stereotypes is a society that chooses to not see the way things are. It's a society that cannot develop wisdom because it has chosen blindness. And we choose blindness when the truth is too uncomfortable to see. In the modern world, the impulse towards expressive individualism is so strong that we are pressured to ignore the patterns. Whenever a stereotypical pattern is observed, someone can just come along and point out some exception that is assumed to disprove the observation. And yet, the differences between men and women are obvious to anybody who's willing to see them. Take physical strength, for example. God made men to be physically stronger than women. But in saying this, someone might say that this is an unfair stereotype because there are many strong women and there are many weak men. Do these exceptions to the rule make the observation unfair or untrue? Of course not. It's a stereotype. And stereotypes always have exceptions. Here's a way to think about it. It's called the fallacy of the beard. Stereotypes often rely on subjective distinctions, and so the lines are often blurry. And the fallacy of the beard gets its name from the fact that you cannot precisely define how many whiskers constitute a true beard. If you shave off one whisker, 
Does it cease to be a beard? How about if you shave off 10 whiskers? How about if you shave off 100 whiskers? We know what beards are, even though we cannot precisely identify the line between beard and non-beard. The distinction is imprecise and subjective, but an imprecise distinction doesn't mean beards don't exist. We make imprecise, subjective distinctions all the time, every day. For example, when does a child become an adult? Nothing magical happens on their 18th birthday, although that's when one is legally considered an adult in the United States. So the line between adult and child is quite blurry, but that doesn't mean the distinction is meaningless. Since you don't have precise lines between masculine or feminine characteristics, some people would deny the value of any such categorizations. So if a woman can be found who is physically stronger than most men, then, we're told, physical strength should no longer be considered a masculine trait. But this is illogical. Generalizations assume that there are exceptions. That's what makes them useful. Every day, we observe clear distinctions that have blurry boundaries, such as short versus tall or rich versus poor. We need to recognize these general distinctions between men and women to live wisely with each other. So the Bible is full of stereotypes. Proverbs is considered a book of wisdom because it tells us about the way the world generally is. Proverbs observes and labels different behavior patterns, such as that of the wicked, the righteous, the fool, the poor, the friend, the ruler, the rich, and the adulteress, and the sluggard, and the scoffer, just to name a few. By noting behavior patterns in different kinds of people and naming them, we can learn which patterns to follow and which ones to avoid. That's how wisdom works. Fools, on the other hand, refuse to see how the world works and try to live in fantasy land instead. By refusing to see how things really are, they render themselves incapable of attaining wisdom. Even though God has created men and women wondrously different from one another, in the modern world, it has become taboo to observe them or talk about them. This is the way of fools. No discussion of sexuality can happen at all without observing what men and women are generally like and drawing conclusions about them. It's unavoidable. For example, we cannot know what men are like in general without disregarding each man's individuality to a degree, observing patterns common to most men and drawing conclusions from the aggregated data. Macro-level observations are not invalidated by the uniqueness of individuals. In the modern world, acknowledging differences between men and women is seen as restrictive and stifling to individual self-expression. But this has not always been the case. Other cultures around the world, not to mention in the past, have typically celebrated sexual differences by developing their own customs, forms, norms, and traditions to highlight those differences. Other cultures have been more prone to see sexual differences as beautiful, meaningful, and even liberating manifestations of transcendent realities. Throughout human history, cultures have developed sexual norms and taboos to govern behavior and maintain order. For example, there's a big difference between a man wearing a Scottish kilt and a man wearing an evening gown. A man in a kilt is conforming to a cultural expression of masculinity. His kilt is part of the masculine uniform and he wears it as part of the brotherhood of men. 
A skirt may be similar to a kilt in some ways, but the man wearing a skirt is signaling something different from the man wearing a kilt. He's openly defying a cultural expectation of masculinity. And by committing this taboo, he is declaring his independence from such expectations. Expressions of masculinity and femininity can vary across time and culture. And these variances need to be taken into an account. But these variations do not render the cultural expectations meaningless. The biological differences between men and women are incontestable. And most of the social differences are undeniable, even if some people are uncomfortable acknowledging that in the modern world. Nevertheless, we've got to realize that the cost of denying the manifest differences between men and women is unimaginably steep. We cannot exchange reality for fiction without yielding massive collateral damage. Trying to pretend the sexes are identical or interchangeable is like trying to level Mount Everest with a spoon. Men and women are gloriously different and created by God to be that way.